Welcome to an inspirational message by Pastor Harold Weiss, Senior Pastor at Little Falls Christian Center. This word, Lord, that gives us a future. We have a hope, the hope of glory. We have a future ahead of us. Each and every one has a desire that it would be well with their souls, that they would live a life that is godly, God-blessed, and Lord, your blessing upon all that we do. And so Lord, even this morning with the people gave to you in the kingdom of God this morning with the taking up of the offering, we bless them. We want to bless them because these are the people that sustain your kingdom. This is why you have come to this earth to die for us on the cross, to bear the cross, to bear the shame and receive, Lord, us unto yourself as the very bride of Christ and to prepare for yourself a bride without spot and without wrinkle. This is the day that the Lord has made. We shall rejoice and be glad in it. We are privileged to just be here in the house of God. Now let the Word of God live in us and find its way through our lifestyles. We thank you for it in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. You may all take your seats. Good morning and good morning and good morning. It's good to be with you on this Sunday morning as we look at the Word of the Lord. And this is going to be some day today that we are going to be looking at a couple of things I think are very important now. Now, I've been asked by many people to talk about this. I spent a lifetime researching this. And uh, with that, the Lord has also brought me into a prophetic office where I am able to talk about these things. Behind me, there is a, there is a painting, an artistic rendition of the catching away of the church. Now today, there are two dimensions I want to deal with. The one dimension I want to deal with is, of course, the departure of the church when the Lord returns. The second advent would be really on the day of Pentecost, as many would understand it. Or I shall say on the day of Armageddon, as many would understand it. But in effect, the first advent was when the Word became flesh and dwelt amongst us. Then the Lord comes to receive us. And then, of course, after the tribulation, great tribulation period, at the end of it, there's the Armageddon. That would be already another world war there that would be taking place. So we look forward to yet a few world wars, not just one. We've got World War III coming in with Russia. We've got World War IV coming in with Armageddon. And we've got World War V coming in at the end of the thousand-year millennial reign described in the book of Revelation, chapter number 20, verse 1 through 10. So there are more world wars, not just one. There's not just the Russian situation that washes over into Revelation, chapter number 6 and the rider of the white horse. It goes on from there into a world where the Antichrist pushes back against whatever else 
is military and takes over and takes command and brings upon the world a period of enormous suffering and enormous gloom. Um, then comes World War Four, which is on the day of the Armageddon. And then, like I said, World War Five, at the end of the millennium, the thousand-year peace reign, and that, that war God takes, takes care of, fire falls from his face and destroys whoever was there at that time, gathered by the, the, the devil who has been loose for a thousand years. Now, after a thousand years, he gets loose, he deceives the people of the world, and they come back, and again, they gather against the Messiah and uh, the holy people of God in the city of Jerusalem and around Jerusalem, and that's when God just releases fire from his face, and they are cast into the lake of fire and brimstone, Revelation chapter 20, verse number uh, 10 where the devil joins the, the beast and the false prophet. So looking at all of this, it always has been to me quite not a complicated subject at all. Um, and I have delighted myself with these things for many, many years, and the Lord has given me insight. Now, um, John 40, might as well read some verses here and get down to it. Put the word of God first. The Lord Jesus says, Let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. In my Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. I go to prepare. I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you unto myself. I will carry you off. I will receive you for myself. Here from the dictionary, Mounts' Greek dictionary, to my side, take command of you from that moment in time, in terms of eternal life, and receive you for my own, as my own, as one would receive for oneself the heavenly bridegroom, that where I am, you may be also. The words of our Lord and Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ. Then we have here the words of the Apostle Paul uh, when he speaks. And it is um, a verse that I need to give you the exact yeah, 2 Corinthians 11 verse 2 is our next verse. I just want you to become aware of this verse. For I am jealous for you with a godly jealousy. For I've betrothed you, the bride of Christ, to one husband, Christ the Lord, that I may present you, now notice, as a Chaste virgin. Hagnos and the word pathanos. Hagnos and very similar to the, the Hebrew part where you have the Hebrew word for uh, kadosh, which is holy. Uh, he says here in this portion of scripture, he says, um, 
I betroth you to one husband that I may present you as a chaste virgin. Speaking here to the body of Christ as a chaste virgin. Now, having said all of that, let's go to Matthew chapter 25. And in Matthew chapter 25, I'm going to now switch over to the new Amplified Bible. I had all these translations in front of me, various translations, but then this morning, in the early morning hours, in the night, still it was dark, I was busy praying, and then as after I prayed, I sat down, and I then read from the Amplified Bible, um, and it says these words. Then the kingdom of heaven will be like ten virgins who took their lamps. Ten virgins. The words of the Apostle Paul, that I may present you as a chaste virgin. Ten virgins who took their lamps and went to meet the bridegroom. Five of them were foolish. You know, stop just for a moment. I just want to take the Greek word here, just expound on that for a moment. Because if you study psychology and you study the, what you call the bell curve of, of uh, uh, intellectual capacity, when you have the world population average, which is 100 on the score of intelligence, you, you go down below that, the next level under world average for intellectual capacity. Uh, you have what is called, and these are true terms, imbecile. Next category is called idiot. Next category is called moron. So the lowest form of, of intellectual ability is moron. The five foolish moros. Now, if you look at moros, you now know that if you study the profile of what is moron or moronic, you find they could often be aggressive. They don't have sense. They don't think straight. They are very, very slow in learning. And their behavior is like sluggish uh, and varying to lazy because they don't really know what to do with themselves. They don't live their lives not only for Christ, but towards eternal life. So again here, five of them were foolish, amplified, thoughtless, silly, careless. And five were wise, far-sighted, practical, and sensible. Isn't that interesting? Now we see that um, the wise here are far-sighted, living towards the goal of eternal life, living towards the goal of the kingdom of God and what is called heaven. Now when you talk about heaven, a lot of people don't know what in the world you're talking about. They don't understand heaven. They don't understand heaven. Now, C.S. Lewis, in his, in his book, 
penned down a word. He wrote the book, Mere Christianity. And he wrote the story of Narnia, the lion, the witch, and the secret door. Maybe some of you have seen that. I won't ask. Doesn't matter really. Now C.S. Lewis wrote uh, Always Winter in one, one striking sentence. Always winter and never Christmas. Always winter, never Christmas. This describes a world that is in the cold and never really know what Christmas is all about. To them, it would be something akin to Father Christmas, the fake Santa Claus, all the clowns running around with their red suits during Christmas time, deceiving children even, and sleigh bells and the ho, ho, ho. Always winter, never Christmas. You live your life for Christ, towards Christ, with the goal of ascending in heaven. Now, you might very well ask me, what is heaven all about? And I could spend with you a long time on just that subject, straight from the Bible, just like that, and tell you that even Paul the Apostle in Philippians 1 makes a statement having had the visions that he enjoyed with the Lord and by the grace of God. He said these words, uh, Now I have a desire, a desire, to depart and be with the Lord, which is far better. Ferevech better. But to stay here is more needful for you. Now, going on from there, let's read on, because there's a lot to say, and I will continue with all of this next week because it is just that profound, very profound. Those who were foolish took their lamps, but they took no oil, verse 3, with them. And the wise, the wise took oil in their vessels with their lamps. Vessels with lamps. Verse number 3. It says here, literally in the Amplified, it says, For when the foolish took their lamps, they did not take any extra oil with them. But the wise took flasks of oil along with their lamps. Verse 5. Now while the bridegroom was delayed, they all began to nod off and they fell asleep. But at midnight, but at midnight, there was a shout, look, the bridegroom is coming. Go out to meet him. And all those virgins got up and put their own lamps in order, trimmed the wicks and added oil and lit them. But the foolish virgins said to the wise, give us some of your oil because our lamps are going out. The moros. But the wise replied, no, otherwise there will not be enough for us and for you. So go instead 
to the dealers and buy oil. Now you go and buy for yourself. You've been living in the realm of the Moros. So run now and see if you can get and still be on time. But while they were going away to buy oil, the bridegroom came and those who were ready went in with him to the wedding feast. Everybody say wedding. So this is a wedding feast that now follows. And the door was shut and locked. Later the others also came and said, Lord, Lord, open the door for us. But he replied, assure you, I say, most solemnly I say to you, I do not know you. We have no relationship. And therefore, be on alert, be prepared, and be ready. For you do not know the day nor the hour when the Son of Man will come. Now, I want to say something. Um, now, here we find where they wake up. And we see in verse number 7, At midnight a cry was heard, Behold, the bridegroom is coming. Go out to meet him. Then all those virgins arose and trimmed their lamps. Now that's very interesting because we're talking about in this context of the bride of Christ, they trimmed their lamps. See? Trimmed their lamps. So now you want to find out what that is all about. Now the high priest would go out all the time and he would all the time perpetually have the lamp of the Lord burning in the tabernacle of the Lord. So what does it mean to trim your lamp? First of all, you want to ask the question, what does the lamp produce? It produces light. We're talking of the coming of the heavenly bridegroom. I come. I go to prepare a place for you. And when I've gone, I'm coming again. And I will receive you unto myself. I'll take you literally para lombandano, para lombandano, which in the Greek means to take you right by my side, like a bridegroom takes his bride and steps forward for the marriage. The word trim is the word cosmeo from what we have cosmetics. Beautify, adorn, make beautiful, prepare to look good. It represents the whole cosmetic world, which, of course, women know so well. And the wise, I think of the word Sophia, also for wisdom, were skillful in taking their lamps, carefully seeing that it is full, and then, like the lamp in the house of the Lord, a beautiful flame would be. If you go into a room where there is no wind at all, and you just take a single, um, a single lamp, you put it down here with a wick, and you clean it up nicely, and you make sure that it's got oil, and you light it, you stand back, it'll make a beautiful flame that would burn upwards. It would radiate, it would shine, it would give light. Therefore, my first teacher at school was 
a woman called Skonken, Miss Skonken, then I had Miss Weber, then I had Miss Kutter, and so on and so forth. But if I take the second one, which is Weber, she said, I want you to learn a verse. Matthew chapter number 5, verse 16. I'll give it to you now. It says these words. Let your light, light, shine so before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father. Let your light shine, good works, light shine, glorify your Father, which is in heaven. Three in a row. So, cosmeo, from which we have cosmetics, means a preparation. Some of the commentators, because I go through many commentators in, in these studies, some of the commentators says this even speaks of this preparation of the bride, the beautifying, this cosmetic dimension speaks of getting ready. The bride is preparing herself. You know, First Thessalonians chapter number five, it talks about the same thing. It says that he might present himself unto himself a bride without spot, without wrinkle. Some of the commentators like optimistically say this preparation to bring that flame into beauty and to let your light shine so that when the bride walks into the back door of the church, for example, for just an example, or just using a metaphor, a bride comes in, everybody turns around to see the bride. In this case, the sound goes out, the bridegroom says, here I am, I'm coming to receive you unto myself. The bride, in the meantime, dashes, get their lamps, and they trim their lamps, they make sure that the light is shining that represents them. They don't run out of oil. You have to be, to be part of the departing church. Oh, I could talk a lot about that today. You have to be in Christ Jesus. If any man be in Christ, he's a new creature. The old things have passed away. Behold, all things, 2 Corinthians 5, 17, are made new. One translation says, He's a new creature that never existed before. Never existed before. When you are in Christ, you have got to be in Christ, hidden in God, sealed with the Holy Spirit of promise, in Christ, in Him, in the Beloved. You have to be in church. You have to be in the Word. You have to be in a home fellowship. We've got the body of Christ in action every week, everywhere. Dozens and dozens of these home cells meeting Christians, meeting one another, sharing, fellowshipping, and praying for one another, ministering to one another in Christ, in the church, in the Word, in prayer, in righteousness, and prepare yourself and beautify the light within you. And make sure that your oil is enough. Can you say amen? amen? Now this day will present two things to you. The fact that we're going to depart, the question to me is all the time. In fact, ask me several times by different ministers. We just had the, the fivefold ministries, our group of churches come together, ministers here in Johannesburg. And the first thing people started asking me when I, I had a moment, I was alone and said, now, now, now tell us now, 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 when is this going to happen? There is, a, uh, there is a prophetic time scale. 
I was very blessed. I haven't got it with me right now, but I was very blessed to find, to look at the heavyweight scholars with profound prophetic understanding. And you could get about five of them on your hand, stretching over a long period of time. They were very, very good at interpreting. It represents the main line of the prophetic and the doctrine of the departure of the church. A lot of doctrines in the Word. Never mind just the doctrines in the Word. You just have to read the Bible. You read it for yourself. There is a departure of the church coming. Question is when. I spoke about the prophetic indicators as happening and where are we on the scale. It's like a clock that has run to the end of the, the earth church age. It's run to the end of the church age and the needle is right there like seconds before midnight. And around it, you now look at the prophetic indicators which are profound, very profound, very profound. It makes your hair rise, literally. The fear of the Lord comes upon you, literally. You understand just where we are now. Now the Moros, they were not thinking. They couldn't care. They just lived. Whatever, just wake up, George. Pastor George, should I say? Just wake up today. What are we going to do today? Not think much about it. I think I'll just laze around. I'll just nod off like it says there in that Amplified Bible. Just, just, just really belong to the Doolittle Club. You know what the Doolittle Club is? It's where all the Doolittles gather together to do little. Amen. The rapture of the church, which I'll explain tonight, is so, it is the most dramatic event in church, in world history since the ascension of Jesus Christ. Since the resurrection of our Lord from the grave, appearing to so many people, read 1 Corinthians chapter number 15, you get an idea of just that. Now, in all of church history, through century after thousands of years, the most the most radical event, the most phenomenal, epic event, indescribable, will be taking place. And it could happen any time now. Any time. I say it again, any time. Give the Lord a praise offering night now. <laughs> Hallelujah, Jesus. Now the question is, for this morning, I'll spend two, three, four minutes and I'll be done with this. We're departing. Is your lamp full of oil? Are you depending on someone else to give you some oil? I want to go to yet another piece of scripture. I'm just going to read Proverbs 20, 27 for you in the meantime. 
Proverbs 20, 27 says, The spirit of man is the lamp of the Lord. The spirit of man is the lamp of the Lord. Did you hear that? Searching all the inner depths of his heart. Now God knows how much light is burning on the inside of you. I said, God knows how much light you really have. God knows whether you have oil reserves, anointing. God knows. The question is, when He comes, are you going? You know, there's a man called Dr. Tim LaHaye who wrote a book called Left Behind. Now somebody says, you know what, there's no such thing as rapture in the church. Well, you know what? It's the club ignoramus. You know what an ignoramus is? Somebody really doesn't know nothing, always learning, never coming to the knowledge of the truth, never know what's going on. In the Bible, you have Enoch. Hebrews chapter number 11, verse number 5, verse number 6. 5 plus 6. For you know that Enoch walked with God. By faith, Enoch walked with God. And Enoch was not because God took him. For in this he obtained a good testimony, and without faith it's impossible to please God. When he comes to God, must believe that he is and is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. Enoch, before the flood of Noah, departed. He was a man of faith. By faith, Enoch walked. He departed before the calamity of the flood and the judgment upon the earth. He departed. Can you say amen? How about some more departing to heaven? How about the prophet Elijah? How about the Lord Jesus himself? How about the rapture of the church? Let's go on. Revelation chapter number seven. I know you all know Revelation chapter number seven. You get a great multitude assembled in heaven and they say, who are these? My Lord, could you tell me who are these? These are they who have come out of the great tribulation. In other words, they went into the great tribulation, found themselves to the point because the Holy Spirit is omnipresent and they repent and they go into heaven even in the great tribulation, but they pay a price, make no mistake. How about Revelation chapter number seven? How about Revelation chapter number 14? 144,000 gathered in a Revelation chapter number 14 also ascending up into heaven. Now, how many raptures have I, have I just quoted there in a row? And I've left some out. There are some of these that the Jews write about, for example, Moses, who nobody knows where God actually buried him. And if you look at the Jewish, Jewish scriptures, the ancient, which I do, then you find out that there's quite a school to say, well, we don't know. Moses could have just, his body disappeared. And in the, the book of Jude, you have the devil even arguing about that with Michael the archangel. But the spirit of man is the lamp of the Lord, searching the inner depths of the heart. God knows our hearts. Now, um, we go to Revelation. It would be in chapter number three and it would be in verse number 14. I would pick up here. 
and just read you the sections and comment on that. It's fine to say rapture of the church, but what are you going to do about it? What every Christian is going to do about it now is the most crucial thing. You need, to, you, you need to be aware of your personal conduct every single day from here onward now. Because Russia is knocking at the door. The Leviathan, which most people do not quite know what that is all about, that serpent that comes out out of the sea, I think it's Isaiah chapter number 27, verse number 1. You can read about that. What is that all about when we link the world that then was with the present world? Leave that for a moment because that gets complicated. Now to the angel of the church of Laodiceans. Laodicea at the Lycus, Lycus River next to Pamukalia, which mean the word Pamukalia means the cotton castle. There are volcanic springs there with lots of, of uh, calcium, and interacting with, with uh, uh, other minerals and causing a white, like white waterfalls over the side of the mountain there. And the hotel there even have the springs running right through the hotel. You have the streams running right through the hotel. When you go down the hill, you find this hot water springs. A lot of people go there as a holiday resort to go and swim in those things. Now, when you, you go down from Pabukalia, you go down because it's volcanic actual area. It's on the earth plate there. It's hyperactive in terms of, of geophysics. But now you go down the hill, you get a place called Laodicea. Laodicea on the Lycus River. The Lycus River is not much of a river. It's a stony type of river. And in the Lycus River... There's a kind of water which comes from Pamukalia, which is the hot water springs, comes out of the earth. And that is, has got the minerals that come from sub-terra firma. And those minerals, if you drink it and it's lukewarm, it causes instant nausea. It's neither hot nor it is cold. But if you take it, you'll spit it out. Literally in the Greek it says spit out or vomit out. And to the angel of the church of the Laodiceans write, these things say the amen, the faithful and the true witness, the beginning of creation of God. I know your works, that you're neither cold nor hot. I could wish that you were cold or hot. So then because you are lukewarm and neither cold nor hot, I will vomit you out of my mouth because you say I'm rich, I have become wealthy, and I have need of nothing, and I do not know and you do not know that you are wretched, miserable, poor, blind, and naked. I counsel you to buy from me gold refined in the fire, that you may be rich, and white garments, by the way, which is righteousness, that you may be clothed, that the shame of your nakedness may not be revealed, and anoint your eyes with eye salve, that you may see, as many as I love, I rebuke and chasten. Therefore be zealous and repent. Behold, I stand at the door and I knock. And if anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come into him and I'll dine with him and he with me. And to him who overcomes, I will grant to sit with me on my throne. It's a sweeping statement here. As I also overcame 
and sat down with my father on his throne. I stand at the door and I knock. Now, notice here what the Lord says. He says, you know, I counsel with you. Um, to buy from me gold refined in the fire that you may be rich and white garments. They had a kind of wool there. There's still that kind of wool there. They, they produce kind of wool there in that area right there around the little town that's sitting, I suppose, in the meantime since I've been there, it's a little bit bigger now. The, the little town could be a city now with people always multiplying in numbers. But uh, they have a kind of uh, cotton uh, the, a kind of wool that they color and it gets a glossy black color. And then they would dress, but it would, there would be some, some exposure of the flesh in those days. So God says, I counsel with you um, to buy from me gold refined in fire that you may be rich and white garments, righteousness, not black, black clothes. That you may be clothed and the shame of your nakedness may not be revealed. And anoint your eyes with eye solves that you may see. As many as I love, I rebuke and I chasten. Now, as I come to an end of this, because I have to come to an end of this, because my time is busy chasing me. I don't want to come to the end of this. But anyway. God is saying to them two things. That black clothes that you are known to, they still produce it to this day must be replaced with white garments, righteousness. The salve in those days had the first medical facility of producing a, a powder, which they got from the volcanic substance at the nearby Pamukalia. And that salve, they would then take a little bit of it and go to the clinic there of those days now. And they would take a little bit and mix it with water so it forms a fine powder and then they would rub the surface of the eye to try and get rid of any, any obstruction on the surface of the eye. So the first people like Jesus is talking, he says, I counsel that you come to me, let me give you some things to see. And white garment, white garments, that the shame of your nakedness will not be exposed. They were very rich in that area. They're very industrious. They're very close to Colossae of the Colossians. It's just west from there. It's about from here to Pretoria. The distance is about 64 k's. The city of Colossae. And uh, Paul actually says, make sure this letter is also, the letter, one of his letters, is also written or read in Colossae to the Colossians. So by the eyes of from me, let me anoint your eyes. Let me give you the true riches. Let me give you white garments so that your shame may not be exposed and you will be an overcomer with a sweeping promise of the Lord, not any man, but the Lord himself, that you will sit with me on my throne as I have sat with my father on his throne. The question is, before I get into the rapture tonight, and explain that to you because then I have a little bit more time in the evening service to do just that. But we still close at 8 o'clock at night for the children. When you look at this, you see, number one, we're living in a very bad time. Number two, the indicators. Number three, prepare yourself. Number four, let your light shine. The Spirit of man is the candle of the Lord. 
it searches the innermost parts of the heart or innermost parts of the belly, as the Bible would say in the King James translation. So with that all being said, you say you're rich, you say you got stuff, but you wish not that you're naked, poor, wretched, miserable, and blind. It's what you're doing as an individual and your light being trimmed all the time with oil and your devotion and being in Christ and life in the kingdom of God. And then the qualification of the departure. And so tonight will be a time where we will, let's call it pre-celebrate and reveal the mystery of that departure. Can you say amen? amen. Well, stand to your feet. Give the Lord a praise offering, everybody. Amen. Shout hallelujah. Amen. Let your light shine. The spirit of man is the lamp of the Lord. Cosmeo, beautify yourself spiritually so that you are pleasant for the Lord to behold and be ready. The King is coming. I bless you in the name of God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. The Lord God bless you and keep you. The Lord lift up His face over you, be gracious to you, grant you eternal salvation and peace in the name of God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. And all God's people said. For more teachings like this and other material, please visit our website at www.littlefallsonline.com.